Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Kaya FM. Kaya FM. Home of the Afropolitan. Good evening, Kaya. Good evening, Kaya. Welcome to the Law Report. No visit, I'm Lila. I'm standing in for my big brother, Michael Motson and Bill. Uh, it's a beautiful Wednesday evening. The weather is cool. I trust you're having a very good week and you will have the remainder of the week uh, exactly as you as you wanted. Um, special thanks to Osma Pasega. Uh, the show is always informative. I always find the show quite interesting. Uh, very serious and very deep issues that uh, she speaks about on the show always. Um, coming to the law report, uh, Mkaya, we, 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 we want to talk about, um, about criminal law. Last week we we spoke about uh, labor law and we invited your calls for us to assist you uh, as much as is possible within the period of an hour uh, on issues of uh, labor law. But this week, this week we are upping the ante. Uh, we want to talk about criminal law, uh, what happens in the criminal justice system, what happens when a person is arrested, what happens through the trial process and uh, what happens uh, during the sentencing process what happens issues of bail um the whole gamut of the of the criminal justice uh, process and 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 what we also want to focus on in particular is uh, is the sentencing part uh, we know that a criminal offense is generally referred to as an offense against society and uh, how does society respond using the criminal justice system and uh, what are the issues that the court looks at uh, in sentencing and a person that would have been found guilty. Uh, you would remember the debates that happened around uh, the sentencing of Oscar Pretorius and for that matter the sentencing of uh, uh, quite prominent people where allegations are made that um, the law has eyes. So we want to look at the issues that um, uh, play in determining what kind of a sentence that the the the, uh, the court gives, and we, we we have decided in that respect to bring in social workers who participate in the processes which the court use in uh, in, in coming to 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 send to to uh, to the sentencing procedure. So they are here in studio with me. We are going to interact with them um, and, and 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 investigate and educate each other about the role of social workers in the criminal justice system. In so far as the sentencing procedure is concerned, uh, if if you have any questions around uh, the uh, pre-sentencing procedure, uh, if you have any questions around criminal law, if you have any questions around how the criminal justice uh, system works, Mkai, give us a call uh, on, on our number is 086-00-00959, 086-00-00959, and our WhatsApp number is 063-688-0959. Uh, we like last week, let's let's get the calls in quite early so that we can get uh, things uh, things going. But as a as a as a, as a matter of social responsibility, uh, we 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 just want to deal with one issue quite uh, quite quickly. Uh, for the, for those of you who have been following what has been happening in the news, uh, the following the, um, uh, the the budget speech by the Minister of Finance, he indicated that uh, he was going to increase. Uh, the amounts that pensioners get from the state by 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 eighty rand, and we have had a number of pensioners who have uh, organised themselves and have gone to parliament to indicate that uh, the increase of their pensions by eighty rand uh, is not enough. So they've gone to parliament to uh, make uh, their submissions to parliament, requesting that. Uh, this increase of 80 rand be amended to 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 a figure that uh, I suppose would 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 be would be reasonable in their in their view. So so as a matter of social responsibility, we thought it is important to at least give a flag that um, our elder members of society. Uh, this is what they are saying, and this is what they have gone to say to Parliament, which Parliament is uh, a reflection of the of the representation of the people of South Africa. So just 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 out of respect for our elder people, we're going to have. Uh, uh, a or on, on, on the line to just give us um, what their take is on this issue that the Minister of Finance has increased their pensions by 80 rand and they want, uh, they want more. Uh, Ukoko is going to help us understand what it is that they've gone to Parliament to, to say. When we are done with, with, with Koko, uh, we are going to come back to this issue of criminal law which I've, I've, I've indicated earlier on. And our number again Kaya, is 86 uh, Gogo, good afternoon. Good evening. How are you? Good evening. Good evening. Just a quick correction. Um, I am not one of the members of the pensioners forum. They were. They are unfortunately still traveling back from Cape Town. 
So oh. I am just um, filling in on their behalf. Oh yes, yes. I I, I got a sense uh, earlier on that that uh, when the show starts, they might be uh, airborne by 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 that time, or they might be just landing. We wish Indeed. them a, we wish them a, a safe flight. I think we, we we they are ably represented in in, in you. Um, uh, anyhow, uh, please just give Abumkaya. What is this thing about? Is my submission anywhere near close to what happened? Um, so essentially, um, the women who were in Parliament today were member, are members of the of Peter Maddox Bird Pensioners Forum, who made a submission um, that you know it, there is a need for a living wage for old age pensioners. Basically, the 80 rand increase on the pension is very disturbing. It is far less than the 100 rand increase last year. But also, it is completely, completely inadequate. We know the cost of living in South Africa. We also know that a huge number of households are dependent on social grants as their main, if not only, source of income, right? In South Africa, currently, to feed a family of five a nutritious diet it costs just over 3,000 rand. So we know that the increase of 80 rand is completely, completely inadequate. Essentially, they went to Parliament to call for the pension to be increased to 2,500 rand a month as a step towards equalizing it with an increased national minimum wage and towards a living wage, because even that amount isn't there. They're also reiterating their call for a 13th check every year in December. As we know, during that time of the year, you know, kids that's, are going That's to a bonus. Pay. Yes, that is indeed a bonus. Nice. Um, because at that time of the year, a lot of our elderly people, uh, 3.5 million people in this country, a significant portion of them are the main breadwinners in their household due to unemployment. But also, during that period of the year, Kids are spending time at school, at home much more than at school, right? So this increases the cost of eating because there's full meals to be considered. But also because of the expenses of the new year, we're talking about uniform, you know, school things that kids need. Um, there's also an increased demand for money at that time of the so, year. So, 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 so Amanda, in, 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 in runs and cents, how much, how much are you looking at that you so think could, could make them happier? So basically, it would initially start, they are currently calling for 2,500 a month, which is only a first step towards a living wage, right? Um, and it is so if, if, parliament, if parliament were to, were to accede to, to, to their submissions and say, we are going to give you 2,500 that you've requested, uh, we are going to uh, amend the one that the Minister of Finance has indicated, that, that would make them uh, happy. Indeed, indeed, it would be a first step towards towards it, and as well as the thirteenth check as well. You know, um, it is it is just but one step towards something more, but it will make a huge difference in the lives of these people. So, so, so let's in the event that Parliament does not accede to to, to their request, what is the way forward? So the pensioners will continue, you know, rallying South Africa around this um, and amongst themselves, right? It's a universal campaign that stands to benefit millions of people and improve their lives. And I think as the pensioners themselves have pointed out, right, um, very often they are dismissed and told that um, there isn't enough money to enable this, right? But the reality is, as they have rightfully pointed out, money is available. It is about how funds are prioritized in this country. That is a massive problem. So just as one example, they, the, if a 13th check had been provided for every pensioner last year, December, right? So it's, it not, it's cost- not something new, really. It's something that has been in the, within the contemplation of government at some point. So basically, there was um, there was a point where it was understood that enabling giving households much more money, low income households, is a means of stimulating the economy. And proposals were made around, you know, doubling the grant and so on for a couple of months. But this has not happened as yet, you know. And again, as the pensioners have said over and over again, 
if they had received the the bonus last year, December, it would have cost something like 5.7 billion. That is almost exactly the same amount that has been reprioritized towards e-tolls. Whereas, <laughs> and that money that is being used for e-tolls, a lot of it, a significant portion of it is going out of the country. But if this money was put in the hands of low-income households, it would actually help the economy. It would you know, um, this would be value-added tax, you know. This is there is, 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 is a possibility that in the event that you don't find each other with uh, with Parliament, and of course, as you have indicated, pensioners continue to rally society around it, um, are you able to locate that demand in any of the Bill of Rights as provided in the Constitution? I mean, right now, if we talk, I think the the notion that we have about um, what a social grant is, right, is this idea that, you know, you give the bare minimum just to help people survive. But we, if we actually changed our so, the social contact and understood that this is a wage, this is how people are living, you know, and really, really need it, and what it can do, the possibilities it enables, I do think that, you know, it would be a much more productive way uh, of thinking about so, it. So are, are you contemplating going to court about it? I suppose that's, that's, that's where I'm going. I cannot answer. I cannot answer what the next steps will be. Um, as, as I mentioned, you know, we are working in support with the pensioners and we are led and guided by them. So based on what they think is the appropriate next actions, we will be there to support them. Amanda, we wish you very, very, very all of the best. Uh, I think the, 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 the causes worth fighting for, uh, members of the society, the elderly, are, are exactly what we need in, in, in society for wisdom and for guidance. Um, they are the ones that build society in, the, in their preceding and their younger years. So we have every responsibility of looking after uh, um, uh, the, the older members of society and we can only wish them well. And we hope that uh, Parliament, although Parliament is going to dissolve um, uh, because of the coming elections, we hope that the next coming parliament would be a parliament that seriously considers the plight of um, of the elderly in our in our society. And I think government has been doing quite well in in um, in, in in looking after uh, the less fortunate in our society and the most vulnerable in our society, the the the, uh, the elderly. And uh, of course, uh, there's always room to do better. Um, I, I would suppose, as a constitutional lawyer myself, I, I, I find the idea of litigating around this quite an interesting one. Um, I think it is quite possible to locate uh, this demand in one or other of, uh, of the constitutional rights that are uh, provided in one of the most celebrated constitutions in the in the world, the South African Constitution. Now, Mkaya, <coughs> excuse me, Mkaya, coming back to to the topic that I indicated earlier on that we would be talking about criminal law. Um, I'm joined in studio by Austikalo and Austepiso. I've, I've been trying to pronounce it in the proper vendor way uh, during, the <laughs> during the break and I hope I, 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 I get it right. So they will help us understand what um, the issues are when it comes to the pre-sentencing procedure. Uh, there could be our members of society who are currently in correctional services. Uh, I know I've been to, to some and I know I have uh, people that I've seen in correctional services and I know that there are a lot of people that listen to us from correctional services. You are our most, we are you are our valued listeners as well. And we hope that this this um, uh, this show would be able to assist you in understanding what it is that the court looks at when it comes to to sentencing. There might be other people who are going through the criminal justice process as we speak. Uh, it might also assist you in understanding what it is that the court is going to look at, and um, and what what social workers look at when 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 uh, when attending to this issue. If you have any questions around this issue and indeed any issue around uh, uh, the criminal justice process criminal law arrest bail trial sentencing um, i give us a call on 086-00-0959 um Tabiso, let me let, let me start with you um when we say social workers who are not lawyers uh, are now getting involved in the criminal justice process and uh, the at what angle do you to get into into the criminal justice process, because on the face of it, uh, the criminal justice process must be uh, must be manned by by lawyers, as it were. Um, good evening to our listeners. I think what we need to look at is the fact that when it comes to social work, 
we are looking at looking at a person in holistic view right because when we're in the criminal justice system we're then looking at the law itself but then a person exists within other compartments and not just legal aspect of i did wrong or i did right so when we come as social workers we come into understanding some of the reasons that led a person to commit a certain crime so that's where we come in we go and investigate this person as a whole for you as the legal team to understand what well, well, what do you mean you want to investigate the reasons that made a person to commit a crime i mean there are certain factors that happen i mean we poverty is one of them yeah you'll find a person was abused when they were small yeah you know there's there's a lot of factors that come in as a person as a person i don't just i grow up somewhere there are certain factors that come into my life that might make me or might cause me to Let's say, for instance, to shoplift. For instance, I'm in abusive relationship, self-defense. There's, there's a lot of things that make me, as a person, commit a certain crime. So I don't just stand as being right or wrong. There are other factors that get me to a certain point, And we come in to make you understand the factors that led me to stand where I am. You, you're, you're making who understand? The court. Um, do you, you go as far as suggesting what the sentence should be? Yes. And what are the kind of offenses where you 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 you, you get involved? Yo, they are fast. <laughs> yeah. Murder, uh, rape, sexual grooming, false allegations, domestic violence issues. There are a lot. Anything that has to do where the law comes in place, we then as social workers come in to explain the social elements of a person lending up in a legal system. Uh, um, yes. let's typically in your in your line of work um it what triggers your involvement um i know there are other cases where a case would start when a person appears for the first time until there's there's sentencing that that happens where there's no involvement of a social worker at all is it at the instance that if a person is represented by a lawyer, the lawyer insists that I want a social worker to be involved, or there is an obligation on the state to ensure that you as social workers are involved in the, in the pre-sentencing procedure? I think lately there's an obligation on the state to say you need to request a pre-sentence report. Like what Tepiso is saying, you need to understand, because what we normally see when a person is in court you focus on proving the guilty or the innocence of the person you don't focus on understanding this person who is this person why did this person commit this offense in court you focus on the murder we focus on the person including the offenses that this person has committed so it's normally most courts lately they do request the pre-sentence report before they sentence any offender Mkaya, we're talking criminal law, Mkaya. Anything to do with criminal law, I'm joined in studio by Aostapiso and Aostikal. We, we're talking about the pre-sentencing procedure, but you can give us a call on 86 on anything that relates to criminal law. Let's go and pay rent. Know your rights. Know the law. The Law Report with Michael Matuening Bill. Good evening, Mkaya. Welcome back to the Law Report. I'm standing in for my big brother, Michael Monsoning Bill. I think the introduction to, to the show is always uh, on point. We seek to make you know your rights uh, in, in this show. And we hope that by the end of every show, there's something that you can take home and or for that matter, keep uh, in you understanding your, your rights and law. We're talking about criminal law. We're talking about the criminal justice process. And I'm joined in studio by Aostabiso and Aostikal. We're talking about the pre-sentencing procedure but you can uh, give us a call on anything that you think is in your mind that relates to uh, to criminal law I, I have a special interest in matters that relate to juveniles uh, to people who might be considered uh, minors uh, we see what all this that is happening in in schools that uh, there's violence that is happening students are beating teachers and teachers are big um, uh, sorry boys beating girl and uh, a degree of perhaps it's appropriate to call it women uh, abuse in, 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 in that context. Are you involved as well insofar as the issues of, uh, uh, of juvenile justice is concerned? Yes, you know, social workers, that's where we are most needed when a child is committed an offense because now when we come in we also investigate the circumstances what led this child to commit and if you check normally in the child justice act we try our best not to send this child to prison 
because we understand how best can we assist this child. We are not saying this child must not go to prison. We are saying you need to take accountability of what you have done. Because now if you can check, it's a 15-year-old committed a crime. How can you commit like murder, for example? What led this child? Where did you learn this behavior? So we come in and investigate the background. Many things that we need to investigate. However, many people will say, social worker, you investigate so that people won't go to prison. That's not what we do. We investigate so that the person can get help. Because our main issue here, the person must get rehabilitated. People say, what about punishment? We are not saying people must not be punished. You can be punished for what you have done. So do you, you, can, you, you, you do recommend at times that a person be in prison? Yes. The purpose of precedence report is to assist court with recommendation. We do recommend. You, you recommend prison sentence? Yes, we do recommend prison And sentence. you indicate to recommend X amount of years or X amount no, of period. In we it. are not qualified to do that. Our job only But if you are qualified to make a recommendation that someone to go, should go to prison, is it not an artificial distinction to say you're not qualified to say how for how long? No, we cannot say the yes. We can say the person can go for direct imprisonment or the person can go for shorter... 2761i for example then now the court is the one who can say let this person go for 30 years or whatever the reason may be but we recommend and it's a recommendation the decision lies with the court no no i accept that now i i, I accept that the decision of imprisonment ultimately lies with the judicial officer who's attending to the issue but i'm saying that if your report says you are recommending direct imprisonment uh, and you don't give the period of direct imprisonment what stops you from being able to recommend a, a, a sentence in the sense of we think that this person has issues from their childhood and, and, and so forth, we recommend six months. Because if you leave it at saying that we are recommending direct imprisonment, the judicial officer sees that as a blank check and gives whatever number of years they... they if you as a social worker are saying that you have come to the conclusion that this is the holistic person that we have, mm-hmm. what stops you then from giving a recommendation including the period of incarceration? What we do, we'll say this is the recommendation, maybe a shorter a shorter term or a longer term. However, we end there, we allow the court now to say, when you say a shorter term, maybe it can be six months or two years, whatever that the court will come up with. So you, you, you then take your report to court, what happens yeah. when you we, get to court? Okay, we go to, what, this is what happened, we get a request to investigate after the offense and after the person has been sentenced, we investigate all the circumstances around the offender. Then we compile a report, a pre-sentence report. Then we go to court. When we go to court, we go and testify. Before we go to court, you must, we sit with our clients. Remember, we must explain to the client, well, this is what we have wrote. At the end the, of the... Who is your client? The accused person. The accused person is your client? The offender, yes. Okay. Then we sit down with him. We explain what's in our report to say, remember in our report, there must also be a professional opinion at the end of yeah. the report. So we put everything. And then when it comes to a professional opinion, we explain to the client to say, what you told me about maybe used to abuse alcohol and, and this is my professional opinion after checking all the facts that you gave me. And we don't only talk to the accused person. There's a family, your wife, your kids, your parents, whoever who's linked to this person. Also, the victim is important. We don't write a report without including the victims because it's important for you to understand the impact of the offense. Important for who? For me to compile the report. Remember, I'm not, I'm not supposed to be biased. Yeah, I'm no, supposed you say, to be objective. You, 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 yeah. So it's important for me when I compile the report. Yes, we do understand that there are other lawyers who will say, but why are you talking to the victim? But it's important. How are you going to understand the impact if you don't talk to the victim? Okay. Maybe let me, let me, let, let, let me go back to where I thought I wanted to start. <laughs> you get a call that says, uh, go and... This is the client. Practically, what happens now? You are told the client is, is John Peter. Practically, then what happens? Practically, obviously, we'll then call John Peter to yeah. confirm, are you John Peter? Yes. We then confirm your address. Then we start with seeing John Peter. Then we look at who's linked to John Peter. 
we get all that information like Dakarlo has explained. So we look at John Peter. John Peter will tell us the history. I grew up where, I went to how many schools, I whatever, I whatever. Then we then link to what he has told us. So if he says, I went to five schools or whatever, maybe the parents will be the one to confirm or deny that this person really go to five schools. What was the reason why they went to five schools? So we then add on other sources to then either confirm or deny what the accused is saying to us. Then after we compile everything and find out what it is that might have led this person to or has led the accused to commit the crime that he has committed, then we then write our report and what Dagole said to say, we give our professional opinion because there should be, there is a consequence to an action. However, we let you understand to say, remember there's an element of rehabilitation because if this person is going to be in, in jail, let's say for 15 years, in prison for 15 years, they have to come out at some point. So some of the things that we also need to address is that how does then, maybe let's say for, for example, that what we then give as a, recommendation will then either be a deterrence meaning that we are looking at the fact that this person coming out might not then have the element of going and committing the crime once again we then look at the fact that apart from deterrence what are we doing some people don't show remorse some people don't say or don't take the responsibility on to saying you know what i regret what i did some people then will say to you you know what i don't regret what i did so then we then look at that okay they don't regret what they did therefore we're looking at whatever, like what Takalo said, direct imprisonment because they're not seeing what Takalo has also said, the impact of their actions. So practically within first point will be the accused, then we add on other sources to then confirm what the accused has said to and, and generally how long does this process take? It depends. It, it depends it on It can what? be two weeks. It can be six weeks. It can be... So, so it depends on what? It depends on the circumstances. Sometimes you'll find, let's say I get the request today to say go and investigate. There are other people, remember I might be in Gauteng and my other family members are in other provinces. So it also depends. And when you give me the request, remember you also gave me the court date. So I must work according to the court date. Like I'm getting... The date of sentencing. Yes. Okay. I'm getting a request today. Maybe the court date is three weeks from now. So I must work within that three weeks so that when you go to court, you must get your report. The report must be read on that time. So for you to recommend uh, direct imprisonment, let's start there. What is it generally that you see in a person that you then say, in our recommendation, we are recommending direct imprisonment? You know, it depends on the... Oh, I keep on forgetting. It depends <laughs> on the offense that the person has committed. She mentioned issue of remorse. It also depends on the impact. And your criminal history... No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm asking the question this way. I'm saying, for you to recommend direct imprisonment... Yes. What are the things that would have happened for you to rec recommend direct imprisonment? Oh, the things that have happened is the offense that has been committed. I check other factors. Like I'm saying, I must check the criminal history of this person. When I check the... No, no, oh, 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 sorry. I, 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 because I, I want to break it into direct imprisonment, uh, short period, long period. Yes. So, so I'm, I'm saying, if you say you want direct imprisonment, do you say, if the person is not remorseful, I'm going to recommend direct imprisonment. If a person commits this offense, I'm going to recommend... That, that's... that's uh, No. The circumstances... That's why I'm saying to you, we check the offense. That's the most important thing. The offense has been committed. There are other circumstances that you must look at. You can find out the person has committed murder. Let's, let me just give an example of murder. Does that mean that because it's murder, is direct imprisonment? You'll find maybe I killed my, they, she killed her husband due to whatever reason that was happening. It was a self-defense. Many things can happen. So that's where in we check. Is this thing suit a direct imprisonment? This person is showing remorse. Is, it a, is he a first-time offender? Because the Leonai, it also comes, you are a first-time offender. And then the impact that the, your victim has went through. Because sometimes other people say, let's also do mediation before we go to court so that it can also assist to show, I'm also saying, I'm sorry for what, that, for what I've committed. So during the pre-sentencing procedure, you also facilitate mediation? Yes. If the victim wants, we don't force it. If the victim, normally the, the client who's the offender at this day will say to you, I want to apologize. Maybe I didn't apologize during the trial stage because of one, two, three, four reason. Maybe there was an order that I'm not supposed to talk to him to the, the bail order, yeah. yes. So now, because I'm at this stage, I wish to go and apologize or to sit with them and understand. So then we must contact the victim and say, This is what the person is saying. Are you willing to sit down? Other people say, No, I don't want to sit with him. Others will say, No, it's fine. Let's sit, let's talk. I want this person to understand what I feel or what I went through when he did what he did or when she did what she has done.
and and so who covers the the cost of all this is it is it the the legal representatives of the of so who who is responsible for this cost the person who is responsible is the client who's the offender is sometimes it might be through the lawyer who will say you know what whatever that i've charged you it's going to cover the social work bills or the client himself will say no i'll pay you direct from my own pocket so 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 you you so a private lawyer acting for an accused person can approach you to say we have now reached a stage of of pre-sentence and i want you to do a pre-sentence assessment yes but it must be fire court remember when they come to us they've already have agreement to say this is what we are looking for so they have to bring an application to the court yes they must request so they bring the application to court the court authorizes it but they still pay for it yes and because now we are private social workers and and, and where does the state get involved there the, the the prosecutors the prosecutors can also request the government social workers because yeah. even the private lawyer can also request the government social workers because they are government social workers and you do exactly the same thing yes more or less but your turnaround time are you suggesting that your turnaround time is faster than the one of government or we don't know we don't know the turnaround time for government we don't know for government the, the times you have been in court uh the, the, the time you've been in court with your with your reports what, what what have been the challenges that you have faced sure <laughs> Let me challenge you. i think one of the things because remember when we 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 come there we call the aspect witness because of the field that we are in right i don't have a degree in law therefore i cannot comment on law and therefore when you call me in you call me in to understand that background part the social part of a person you're not calling me to understand the legal part of a person but you're calling me to come and witness on the fact that this is a social person these are certain circumstances and another thing that we also need to cover as well is that in terms of behavior or in terms of a human being there are also theories that have been proven to then couple up with a person's behavior or circumstances that lead a person to then act in a, in a certain manner so sometimes when we do the research part we link the research now with what we also have found out so some of the challenges that we have is that then you'll have lawyers then who would want to dispute the theories versus what we found out like for instance in a in a circumstance where a child or a teenager was raped for instance and this girl is then promiscuous yeah. There's then assassination of character to say, but if you were violated, you're supposed to then be acting in a certain manner, not understanding that there are things that we call symptoms of trauma. Because if I'm disempowered, some people will then act in a certain manner to want to gain back the power. So some girls will then continue sleeping with certain people, although they were violated because they want back the power. Because if you remember, this was taken from me before I was ready to engage in sexual activity. So the, so, the challenges so, I've faced. So, is so now, 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 a private lawyer has engaged you through a, a court process, and they've said that you uh, you can go and, uh, and 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 do a pre-assessment report for children in particular. What would move you to recommend a non-custodial sentence for children? Going back to what Dagalo had said, the circumstances are No, I mean for children. Yes. Even that. Even with children. So when you look at children and you look at uh, uh, older people, your, your approach is, is the same. Our approach is the same. Because remember, the factor then will also let us know what is it that we need to go. Because as much as it's a child, there's some children who do have criminal capacity. So I can't just say because you're a child, you don't have criminal capacity. Yes, there's the part where you're saying under 10s and all, but then there are children who are 16, 17, who do have criminal capacity, who will then come and say to you, I did this because of this and whatever, whatever. And they let you know the facts of why they did it. And you can see this person was really intending to kill someone. And they knew the consequences of their action. So saying a child or an adult, there are children who do take those decisions and go and kill or who take crimes, but they know the consequences of those actions. So we approach it the same way. The facts will then let us know which direction do we need to go. So, so for, for, for parents who might be, who might be listening in uh, from, from, your, uh, from, from the way you have done assessments of children, what are the telltale signs that uh, this child is, is, is now beginning to show signs that uh, 
they must be reaching that stage of beginning to commit crime and committing crime in circumstances where they know exactly what they are doing. You must check the behavioral pattern because I know when you consult the parents will tell you this, this is how the child behave. Maybe for example, the child is banking classes. You know, they start with the small and thing. They don't just go. The child maybe is banking classes. When the child, when at school, they want the parent to come. The child doesn't give the parents letters. The child is stealing the pens in the class. The child is stealing 20 rand in the, at home for bread. Things like that. That's where you start to notice to say what's happening. There might be a serious consequences if I let them. So normally, when even we talk to the parents, we say, tell me. You know, the parents will say, I, this behavior started to change in 2016. We ask them what happened in 2016. What happened maybe in 2015? Because something might happen in 2015, but the child will start to act out in 2016 or you started to pick it up in 2016. So we sit down with them. Let, let me know. Because, you know, I normally say to parents, prison is not a wrong, it's not a punishment. It's a correctional facility. Yes. It's just that we grow up knowing it's a prison. But it's there to correct. There are all lot, a whole lot of professionals go prison who assist these people when they come out to be a better person. Because I name the reason for us to recommend a, a correctional facility is for you to be a better person tomorrow. Because at the end of the day, you might come out. When you come out, what's going to happen? And even if you don't come out, if you are not rehabilitated, you are living with people in prison. So you might commit offense against the people that you are staying with. So for me, prison is a correctional facility that is there to correct the behavior and assist this person. Mukaya, we're talking uh, the criminal justice process. We're talking about the pre-sentence procedure. Uh, you would know that uh, while we're learning from this, from 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 Austepiso uh, and, and Austikalo, that uh, they are quite important in the pre-sentencing procedure. Once a person has been found guilty by the court and they are now moving into sentencing procedure, what are the processes that are that are followed? You might be having a brother or a sister or a friend that is going through uh, the criminal justice process and they've about, they're about to be sentenced. We hope that this conversation is assisting you. Let's go and parent. Know your rights. Know the law. The Law Report with Michael Matuening Bill. Welcome back to The Law Report. I'm standing in for my big brother, Michael Matuening Bill. We're talking about the criminal justice process. We're talking about the pre-sentence procedure. Um, I, I know people express a lot of opinions, particularly when uh, uh, celebrities or prominent people are going through the criminal justice process. And then you always hear the statement that uh, the law has eyes, these ones have money, and that's why the criminal justice process responds the way it, it does. Uh, so we thought it was important for us to canvas this issue uh, with experts that work in the in the area. Austepiso and Austikalo, they're joining me in studio. They're helping us understand um, what happens into a, process, a person being uh, sentenced and uh, what it is that they, they assist the court with in determining um, uh, what an appropriate sentence would be in the event that someone has been found guilty so you might be having a relative or a friend or someone that you know that is going through the criminal justice process and is about to be sentenced uh, we hope to assist you to understand uh, how the process works and how it is that you can assist the court yourself in coming to a sent in, in in making sure that the sentence that will be given is one that is fair and just uh, under the circumstance um the episode, they, they, there's this thing that you say you do this thing of um of preparing what you are referring to as trial reports uh, what is a trial report what we need to in terms of trial remember trial is meant for us to then resolve accusations that have been made so then for instance we have somebody who then says I was raped and somebody said no I was not raped and so we then come in and do investigations to then determine that this offense really take place and therefore with our investigations that have taken place then the we either find him guilty or we find him innocent or her innocent of the accusations. So in terms of trial, it's for us to then do the investigation to determine has the offense taken place. So, 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 you, so, so a, a person goes to make a report to, to the police to say that I've been raped. Uh, an acu- a suspect is, is, is arrested. Uh, the accused now appears in court. It, you are saying you're going to investigate whether or not the rape did happen? Yes. But so remember, with, with most of the time, with, let me talk about what with, with the cases I have dealt with, is that when most of our people go and report uh, a case, especially when it comes to rape, right? Most of the time, especially when it comes to children, 
because penetration is taking place automatically it's written as rape so when we come in and then investigate it's either then gonna either going to be rape or there are other charges that can be added on when we do the investigations so we'll find out then with, with what we stated today was called sexual grooming so we'll then find out yes the penetration help took place it's rape however when we investigate then we'll find out that actually this thing has been going on for so long it has happened maybe for 10 years whatever so it's not just the penetration. there were other leading events that took place before the penetration took place so then does this also assist to say are there other charges that need to be added on to the rape per se or only or are then nothing took place at all because there maybe there was a false accusation because of whatever other circumstances that so what is the relationship between you and the detective who's handling the docket our relationship is very vital because they are the ones who then give us the crux of what has been given no to but uh, what i'm trying to establish is that are you not duplicating uh, no we're not duplicating so what is the difference between what you do and what the detective is on the docket is doing we then also give the facts of the case in terms of what has happened or what the events that led to this but is that is, that is that not what the detective is supposed to find out they find out but then with us as well what we also do is that remember what we said a person is not only holistic i don't i don't just rape there are other things that also make me so practically it's almost the same as the pre-sentence we put other things in it that makes you then say okay fine really it's not just about the physical aspect of it to saying there was penetration there wasn't any penetration but then at the end of it is that what we then take place is that it then gives you more factors in terms of the event that took place so so your trial report is is directed to who to the court and typically what does it contain Typically. typically what it contains we then we obviously we have sources that we need to consult we have factors of the case we also then give academic research and then understanding maybe why did i have a false allegation or what is sexual grooming in terms of also what is rape we then give more details in terms of that then we analyze the facts of the case with coupling it with the research that has taken place and then we give our findings your, your findings would be as it's either the offense did take place or the offense did not take place so in other words you find the accused guilty or something. Oh innocent, yes. And then you you you, you tell Not the to say we find them. Well you re- you recommend to the to, to the court that the accused is guilty of the offence. The offence has taken place or the offence has not taken place. I I you not understand. I, 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 no, no, I find that legally problematic. Can really. I come <laughs> in? Let's say for example, like what she's mentioning, issue of sexual grooming. As she indicated, when you report a case it's a rape. When it's rape, there's a penetration. But you'll find Ori, before the person raped, he was preparing this child for maybe 10 years. So we come in to interview the child. That's where in the child will give you the holistic Ori. I started knowing this person from 20. This person used to buy me chocolate. This person used to touch my breast. This person used to do one, two, three, four, five. That's where in you must also check is this sexual grooming now? You must also go to the research, the academic research and read and find out is this sexual grooming? Why is this child saying this? That's where in you link it and now recommend to court to say, according to what I found out, let the facts of the case that this person has given me, I am concluding that there was sexual grooming. Okay, okay. Now, now, now you have submitted your reports to court. Um, what you, you go and testify yes. in court? Yes. Um, I, I assume you testify if your report is not accepted as it is by both. It doesn't but, matter whether it's accepted or not accepted. You must testify. So in all cases, you must testify. Yes. And then the person is sentenced. Um, when? When the person is now in custody, is, is, is in prison, do you still get involved? No. I think we don't get involved because also in prison, like as indicated before, all the professionals are there. Your social workers, your psychologists, your psychiatrists. So we are no longer there. When we recommend and then we testify, we are done. And during the par- parole process? We don't participate in the parole processes. So even if uh, so, so so you you made a recommendation. Uh, this accused, this convicted person, uh, you consulted with this convicted person. You made your own recommendations. They were sentenced. Now they are in custody. Now they now want to bring a, 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 an, an application for parole. Are you not the right person to speak to because you have a picture of what they were before you recommended in, imprisonment, and you coming in at the point in which they are saying. I've paid my dues to society. Now I want to come back and come back into society. Remember when we come in, it's before rehabilitation. 
and then now there is a rehabilitation there are professionals in prison who are facilitating that process so i think those are the relevant people to say we started with this person when the person was sentenced maybe 20 whatever the person we received this person we recommended these programs for the person to attend and he has been attending he has been going to school he has been doing everything he's been behaving well and and remember the social workers also in prison they'll be writing reports when they see the client so now when they go to parole those are the relevant people because they are with this person they are seeing the person the process that this person has gone through Okay, we, we, we spoke earlier about juveniles. Now, and I, I want to look at uh, males and females. Uh, in, in your approach to, to crime, basically, in trying to understand this holistic person, um, are there big differences between why females and males would be, would be drawn to crime? I don't think you would say there are big differences. At the end of it, like we said, a person is raised within a, a home, they raised within a society. So what we also look at in terms of we call what is resilience. So a person might have, we might go through the same thing, Dakola and I, in being kids in the same family. Let's say, for instance, we grew up in an abusive family, but we don't then turn out the same way. So we then also look at factors called the resiliency of a person. So we can't say a boy and a girl would then have, it goes with circumstantial things that happen to this person. So at the end of the day, we look at them as a human being and not just the gender of the person. For, for both, for, so, so, yes. so, 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 so the factors that drive people to, to crime, uh, both for males and, and, and females, we generally find them to be, uh, to be the same. Almost the same, yes. A, because you'll find that maybe in, at home, we, we hungry at home. As a girl, I go out and steal. As a boy, I go out and steal because I want to provide for home. So, so in your reports, you, you, you capture those things to say that from our understanding, this is a poor family. Because uh, I see a lot of cases where someone is arrested in a, in a supermarket because they've stolen a chocolate. a chocolate or they've stolen a perfume or they've stolen something that is of a food nature. Mm -hmm. uh, they've stolen baby milk, for instance, and they say, no, um, I, I wanted to go give it to, to, to my child. We include those in our report because at the end of the day we must find solution we must find assistance to this client we include everything that we found out let's say he stole food or she stole food we include that hence at the end of the day you'll find maybe in this case we are going to expose this person to relevant programs outside now and the relevant programs that maybe might assist with decision making we also link them with the skills development if we know anyone who can offer the skills development to say develop this person because at the end of the day if he's stealing because he's hungry what are the best way that he must do in future for him not to steal you know you can start car wash you can there are many things that you can do so when they are attending this program that's where in they are assisted in decision making to explore them to different things to say crime is not the solution because if you check we can be true kids i'm hungry he's angry but i'll decide not to go to steal this one will decide to go to steal so we need to also to assist this one who's going to steal to say what are you supposed to do tomorrow to assist you in future because we need you to be a valuable member of the society so you are saying during this investigation process you take you there are programs that you design for for the person or yours is simply to, in, to investigate what it is that you consider to be the social circumstances of this person do you do you, do you take this person that you're investigating through a particular uh, program like a skills program or like a or it is simply a dry process where you're simply investigating the person you write a report that's it we investigate we write report we recommend let's say for example there's a skills development that we know we recommend for the person to attend the skills development but we not during the period of your investigation other can say you know what i want to attend depending whether the person is outside let's say for example a person who's, who's sub using substance abuse you find that this person is using substance abuse others will say you know i'm not, i don't want to wait for a sentence because my sentence might take time and i'm acknowledging the fact that i'm committing this offense because i have a substance abuse pro problem so can i start now to attend you can't stop the person you can link the person with the relevant organization say you know there's one two three four organization please go and start to attend it might also assist you when we go to sentencing but we don't decide for you you must decide yourself because it's you who are seeing that you've got a problem yeah so 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 a, a person has now been convicted they are they are they are facing the possibility of sentencing how should they behave psychologically and practically for you 
to give a recommendation of a non-custodial sentence? You must be yourself. No, but the, the myself is the one that has led me in trouble now. That yes, I'm, I'm, because I'm, I'm, now if we're saying this is how you must supposed to behave, you'll be lying to me. No, no, no. Well, no what I mean by that is, I, I, I mean, um, how should they posture themselves to you psychologically? Uh, what do you want to see? In a person of this nature for you to say this person although they have not been sentenced and, of, and uh, although they've not they have already indicated that they now accept what they were doing was wrong what, what are the signs that you get from a person that you're investigating that gives you the indication that perhaps a non-custodial sentence is is, is appropriate uh, you know it depends other people can say i'm sorry whereas i'm not sorry and they continue to behave in a manner that will lead them to commit an offense hence i was indicating that you check a behavioral profile of a person so you'll you'll be asking the female to say this person has been convicted is waiting for sentence since then what are you observing other families say, ah, he's still going to the same people that he was with or he is changing like while i was indicating before other people will say i want to do mediation i want to apologize so those are the things that you can start to pick up you know what this person need to need to to show you or you know what i am sorry for what i've done so but at the end of the day we always say to our clients be yourself be, be yourself as in uh, try and participate in your in, in your in, in your process as, as as much as possible yes. and, and as honestly as possible yes. my, my, my my special emphasis is really on 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 children um uh, what do you usually recommend on 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 children it depends it depends on what on the circumstances it depends on the circumstances because we cannot say it's a child like she was saying it's a child she he must not go to prison because no, no, what no, no. i've what i've picked up with kids it depends the recommendation are different other kids you can say they must go and attend a diversion program there are many programs out there that are designed for people to rehabilitate themselves so with kids what i normally find out with kids if you let them be they'll keep on committing offenses because there's no punishment. There's nothing to say I am accountable for what I've done. So it depends. There are juvenile facilities, so it depends. Mukaya, we have been talking about the criminal justice process. We emphasized on the issue of uh, the pre-sentence proce uh, procedure. Uh, a person has gone through the criminal justice process, has been found guilty, and uh, is now just about to be to be sentenced by, by court. We know that... Uh, uh, incarceration is a very, very, very uh, drastic measure uh, of, of of society expressing its displeasure on the conduct of a, of an individual, and, and and therefore we sought to bring in social workers who generally um, assist courts in coming to a just sentence, uh, a, a measure of, uh, of of punishment and a measure of deterrence, uh, which encompasses the interests of uh, of society. I hope that this conversation has been useful for anyone who is going through a criminal justice process or is about to be sentenced. I think the point to take from what Austepiso uh, and Austikalo have been saying is that it is important to try and get a social worker uh, to be involved, whether you're an accused person uh, or you're for, for the state. If you are uh, an accused person who has been convicted, perhaps it might be appropriate to inform your lawyer that uh, uh, you think that you need an, a, 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 a social worker to be appointed and that social worker to give a recommendation to, to the court uh, so that the court, as Austepiso as, as kept emphasizing, uh, has a holistic understanding of, of who it is that has, 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 has committed um, uh, 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 the offense. So I, I hope that this conversation has been, has been, has been useful to you. Um, so thank you very much for, for coming into studio. How do people get in touch with you? In terms of our Facebook page, we are at DALTS so Psychosocial Services, so DALTS being D-A-L-T-S-S. -S. Our cell phone numbers is 083-491-2330. 073-438-7777. Mukaya, thank you very much. It has been wonderful having you on the show and I look forward to seeing you again in the near future. Rewinding, Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.